listening to the Living Room North Living Room North Living Room North podcast. I love BuzzFeed quizzes. I think they're so funny and so stupid. Like Yes, I want to know which two Disney characters I am, and I do want to know where I should travel to next, and I also want to know how old I'll be when I get married based on my music preferences. Um, sometimes BuzzFeed, they're like, we'll tell you how old you'll be when you get married, and I'm like, okay, uh, Harry Styles, Backstreet Boys, like I just go through the quiz, and then they're like, you're never getting married. I'm like, oh gosh, all right, um, it's just Harry Styles, it wasn't anything crazy, but I, uh, I think BuzzFeed quizzes are so funny just because they're like, I just want to be in that creative meeting where they're like, we've told them what ice cream flavor they are 2,000 times, but we really need another quiz, so let's make them make their favorite macaroni dish, and then we'll give them the same ice cream flavor they've gotten before, and I take it every time. I'm like, maybe it will change this time. I don't know. Um, but they're just funny and they're silly. And really, I love any kind of test that just tells me more about myself. There's this one test. It's super underground. I'm sure you've never heard of it called the Enneagram. Um, and there's zero Instagram accounts about it. So it's hot off the press. You heard it here first. But I'm a three-wing four. Any other threes? Thank you, Des. A few threes in the room. Um, three-wing four temperaments. The color test, have y'all seen this? Yep, the red, green, yellow, blue. Who just yelled yellow? Jacob, that does not surprise me at all. Thank you for that. I am a red, blue on the temperament. Uh, there's Myers-Briggs, we all know that one. I actually don't know my Myers-Briggs because it's too many letters to remember, so whenever someone asks me, I just say like a random, I don't know, tonight I'll be an ENFP, I guess. I don't really know what I am. There's strength finders. There's all these different kinds of personality tests. And the goal is to tell you more about yourself, right? More about how you're wired. So just show of hands, who in here has ever taken any of the ones I just listed? Strength finders, temperaments, Enneagram, BuzzFeed quiz, whatever. Um, so every, uh, just about everyone in the room. And that's pretty normal. I think we're all into these tests. We're all about learning more about ourselves because we love to learn about ourselves. We love to know why we do what we do, how we're wired. And usually these tests are super helpful because they help us become a better version of ourselves. You know, the Enneagram and the temperament, and we use this test called the Right Path within North Point on staff here. We use that one a lot. And with wise counsel, people who understand these tests well, um, I have learned so much about myself and how I'm wired and how God created me. And it's been uh, humbling. It's been affirming. And all of these tests have been helpful. They've helped me become a better friend and a better coworker and a better sister and a better leader. And all these areas of my life have been impacted by these tests. And tonight, I'm not going to talk about any of those, but... I am going to talk about another assessment that you will actually take next week. So you need to come back for part two um, to this talk, part three of the series. But next week, we're going to take another assessment together. And I think this assessment that we're going to take is so important because an area of our lives that is the most important area of our lives is our relationship with God. And so how do we grow 
in our faith, if we're all wired differently, then it would make sense that we all connect to God in different ways. A.W. Tozer says this, he says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And if he's right, which I think he is, then the most important thing we can do is figure out how we best connect to our Heavenly Father. Because we've all been there in those moments where, not just moments, uh, it can be weeks, it could be months, maybe even years, where you just feel like you're in this spiritual rut. You feel distant from God. Um, You don't feel close at all. You have no interest in a quiet time, in prayer, in anything like that. You even wonder if God has any interest in you. And if you hear anything tonight, please hear that God is, in fact, super interested in you and in spending time with you. But we go through these seasons in our lives where we think the last thing I want to do is spend time with God. And that's not where we should be. And that's not, I don't think that's where we want to be. And so figuring out how we connect best with God is so important Because if what comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us, then we want to think highly of the God that we spend time with. We want to know God better, if that makes sense. So next week, we're going to take an assessment that's called The Sacred Pathways. And it's a book written by Gary Thomas, old Gary. And there's, uh, there's nine pathways, but we kind of boiled them down to seven in this assessment because a couple of them were a little similar. So we have seven pathways, and tonight I'm just going to go through each of these because I think they're so important, and I think they can be so freeing for our relationship with God because for some reason, I don't know if you feel this, but I feel like there's only one way to connect with God, and that's um, before the sun comes up with like a really cute cup of coffee and a really great Instagram story with some verse that I read, and I have to read for an hour the Bible first thing in the morning. And listen, I love God so much, but if you hand me a Bible at 5 a.m., I'm going to go back to sleep so fast. And so that just isn't how I connect best to God first thing in the morning with a journal. I am way more awake later on in the day, and so one of the most freeing things for me was to figure out, like, oh, I can have a quiet time any time of day. It doesn't have to be at 4.30 in the morning. That's amazing. And so over these last couple years, I've been figuring out what does this look like for me? What works best for me and my relationship with God? Because my relationship with God is different than your relationship with God. And that's okay. That's good, actually. And as we go through these pathways, I just want us to remember that how cool is it that we serve a God, that we are loved by a God who isn't like, hey guys, if you want to hear from me, 5 a.m., only time, sorry. After that, the ship has sailed for the day. He wants to connect to each of us, and he's wired us differently, and he understands that we will connect to him differently than other people will. And I think he loves that. And so we're going to go through these seven pathways, and you might resonate with a few, and that's great. Honestly, we'll probably use all these at some point in our lives. But as we go through these, I just want you to pay attention to two things. The one pathway that you find yourself defaulting to the most, and the one pathway that sticks out to you the most of, oh, 
I haven't tried that. Or, oh, I think that resonates with me. And like I said, next week, you'll actually take the assessment, which will be really cool. So we're just going to start. I'm going to use my notes because, like I said, this is Gary's content, and I don't want to botch it. So the first pathway is contemplation. And all these are kind of, you'll see these, and you're like, I feel like I know what that means. And you do. So contemplation, people who uh, really resonate with the contemplation, spiritual, sacred pathway, um, they love to be alone. So they are totally cool with solitude. They don't need music. They don't even need a sermon. They don't need a book. They are good to just be in prayer with God and to be in solitude. This is very low for me. I, uh, in seminary, I did this class where we, every Friday, you would have to spend a few hours in solitude and eventually work up to 24 by the end of the semester. And like I said, love God so much. It was a nightmare. I got 30 minutes into the 24 hours, and I was like, yeah, I think we're good here. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out. This is, I, just, I, I just go to sleep. I, um, I just can't do the solitude thing, and it's important, and I know that, and I try, but that is not how I best connect to God, but maybe some of you in here are like, I would give anything to have 24 hours of just me and God, and that's it. And that is how people connect to God. The next pathway is relationships. Uh, people who you know, score high in this relationship pathway, they feel close to God when they're connecting intentionally with others. So these might be your extroverted people, or not, but they feel, they connect to God through others because God speaks to them through other people. So these people love small groups. Um, they, I was reading an article about these and someone referred to them as the small group junkie, which I thought was funny. Like they are in like 12 groups and they probably lead eight of them and they never miss a group. They are always there, and they don't even care if you talk about the talk that happened or anything that happened in the service before. They're just so happy to be with people in that context. Uh, they thrive with others, and they hate being alone. <laughs> so they would not do well with the solitude that we just talked about. Um, and so maybe for you, if you really resonate with this pathway, your most memorable growth in your faith happened in a social setting like at a summer camp um, or in a small group that you've been with for a long time or not. But the most growth for you happens when you're with others rather than being alone. The third pathway is intellect. So these people, they need their minds to be stirred before their hearts come alive, if that makes sense. So they are thinkers. Uh, they love they would love to study theology. Like their, their heart would come alive if you hand them like a dense theological textbook. That is their love language. Uh, they draw close to God when they're just learning more about him. And they could consume so much information about God, about Christianity, religion, all of it. They're in it. They are, um, like I said, they're thinkers and they feel closest to God when they study scripture and when they read and learn more about God. The fourth pathway, 
kind of flying through these. And like I said, you'll do an assessment next week, and once you figure yours out, you can, you'll go more in depth, too, with those specific ones. But the fourth pathway is activism. So people who uh, score high really resonate with activism. They have a passion to build the church and work for justice in the world. Um, they are really drawn to the stories of Jesus where he is um, meeting injustice head on and taking care of it. When he is fighting for justice for uh, minorities, for those less fortunate, for um, the people who were typically ignored by the Pharisees or, you know, um, the higher class, I guess you could say, too. But people who uh, score high on the activism pathway, they connect most to God when they feel they're making a difference in the world for the good of others and, like I said, standing up against injustice. And so they will find that their heart breaks. I mean, not just breaks, but shatters when they hear of injustices that take place in our world. So that's the activist um, pathway. Just out of curiosity, anyone in here, and you can just nod your head, you don't need to raise your hand, but anyone in here already just through these four, you're like, yeah, I resonate with one of those. Like I see myself in one of those. Okay, cool. Um, the fifth one, and this is the one that I think I resonate with most, is the naturalist. So they um, want to get out of a building <laughs> and they want to be outside. Um, these are the people, I don't resonate with this part, who love to hike. I just, it's fine. I don't like getting sweaty. Um, but they're like, I just want to go on a hike alone and just be with God uh, and my thoughts and prayer. And that's just how they connect to God. I have found that I really connect to God at the beach, not just because I'm on vacation and ignoring <laughs> my emails. Um, that does help though. Just ignore any responsibilities, and it's great. But specifically, like a sunset at the beach. I don't know what it is. It just, it feels holy to me. And I know that might sound silly, but it feels like a thin space, like between heaven and earth, when I just see a sunset at the beach. There's just something about it that nothing else um, resonates with me quite like that. So for me, like I scored high on this um, pathway, and I just think, I love it. I love to just have time with God outdoors, I think is really special. But this uh, doesn't, I, I'm biased to this one <laughs> because I did score high, but I do think it's really cool to see Jesus in his life and how he was drawn to the outdoors as well. I mean, before he is crucified, he goes and prays in a garden to God. He preaches on the shores of Galilee. Uh, he is always outdoors. He, after the uh, resurrection, he presents himself again to the disciples outside. Like he was just very much in tune with the outside world. And I think that is really special and interesting. But that is, uh, that's the naturalist. The outdoors just, they replenish those people and they bring those people life to be outside in God's nature that he created. And I think that's another part to the naturalist too that um, I just really resonate with is when you're out in nature, you are literally out in God's artwork and to see his creation is really cool. So uh, the sixth pathway is worship. So if you think you resonate with the worship pathway, then you connect with God just through 
the music, through the art of worship, uh, corporate or by yourself. Um, maybe you go to the Passion Conference every year at the beginning of the year because to you that is just, there is no better way to start your year than being in an arena full of people singing worship songs. Like that is just, you don't want to start your year any other way because it's so powerful for you and to be reminded of those lyrics. It's, there's something about worship for people who score high on this in the, um, in the assessment that worship feels healing to you. Like you walk into a corporate setting or maybe you're just in your car and you just need to listen to some worship music and there's something about it that just lets you forget about everything else going on and you can just be present with the Lord and just listen to those lyrics over and over and sing them over yourselves. There's something about worship that just really resonates with you. And so maybe that is your spiritual pathway. And then the last one is service. So to serve and love God by serving others. A supreme example of this is Mother Teresa. Um, but for people who score high in service, God's presence is most tangible when you're serving others and you notice um, the times in scripture where Jesus goes out of his way to heal or to serve a complete stranger. The um, Veggie Tales episode of the Good Samaritan just really stuck with you as a child. I remember being a little traumatized by that one of like, why is that cucumber upside down in the ditch for so long? Someone get him out. Um, but if you scored high in service, you would much rather serve than be served. And maybe some of your most formational growth in your faith was serving others. So either on a mission trip or local service, wherever that was, but that is where you grew the most in your faith. So that was a crash course on the spiritual pathways. And like I said, next week, you're going to take um, an assessment to figure out which one, you know, you really resonate with. But like I said, you probably already noticed. And maybe you notice the one that you default to. And I just want to say, I know it feels Maybe it's feeling weird to you right now of like, this is my faith and this is personal and there's an assessment for it that feels strange. But I, for me, this was so freeing because we're not all made to grow our relationship with God the same way. If we're all wired uniquely and God knows that, then of course it makes sense that we would all connect with him differently. And so this isn't supposed to feel like we're putting you in a box. <laughs> Or you can only connect with God this one way. But for me, this was so freeing to find out, hey, I can't, it is normal for me to be out in nature and to connect with God there. And that's okay. And I don't want to sit in solitude for days. And that's okay. And God knows that. And I just think, how cool is it that our Heavenly Father gives us multiple ways to connect with Him? And so over this next week, I just want us to be thinking about why do we do what we do? Why do we spend time with God the way that we do? Is it because that we genuinely want to do that or because we feel like we have to? I mean, we feel that with like the Enneagram or the temperament, like am I acting this way because I'm a red and that's how red should act? Or am I acting this way because it's true to who I am? And so figuring that out when it comes to our faith and how we're growing in our faith, or am I doing this because it's genuinely how I want to connect with God, or am I doing this because it feels like a box to check? 
even though I'm not growing in my faith and it feels stale and I don't look forward to this every day. We should look forward to spending time with God and we will look forward to it when we find out how we best connect to him. And so I want to leave you with this verse. It's just um, meant to be a little encouragement, but it's Psalm 34, 8, and it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Like I said, he is so good to allow us all to connect with him differently and not expect us all to connect and grow the same, but instead encourage us to want to figure out how we best relate to him and how we best learn more about him. And the message version of this is, blesses is the one who runs to him. And we run to God when we know that we are loved by our heavenly father who is good. And he's a refuge. He's a place where we feel safe and protected. Another word for refuge is sanctuary. And when we go to God and it feels like a safe and restful place, he reminds us that he is good and that he loves us. And we, as humans, are more willing to run to God when we best connect to him. And so over this next week, like I said, I just want you to think through these seven paths and figure out what's the pathway that I'm using now. Because maybe as we went through them, you're like, I know I'm a naturalist, but I'm trying to connect through him through intellect. And that's probably why I'm not interested in spending time with him. Or I know I best connect to God through service, but I'm trying to do it through worship. And now it makes sense. And so once we figure it out, then we can make it a priority in our lives to put time aside every single week or every single day to spend time with God through that path. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't want it to feel restricting and I don't want it to feel like, oh, it's just a test and it's just a box and it's whatever and this is my faith. I know that and I, I just want us to feel free to connect to God differently than we have been if we need to. So I hope you come back next week. Um, Ryan's going to conclude this series. And like I said, you're going to take the assessment. He's going to walk through those um, with you. So I think it'll be really, really cool. But like I said, I would just love for you to go through this week and think about why do you do what you do? And what would it look like if you used a different pathway to connect to God?